Waking me up and saying, That's what I want from you. This childlike worship. Hallelujah! 
scars. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you bring into this room. Maybe, maybe you came up from a background that shoved a certain theology down your throat, and you have sort of this pneumatology, PTSD. That, that's Holy Spirit dogma doctrine where you grow maybe in a, in a Pentecostal church or a charismatic church or some sort of church where, where you were abused spiritually and you don't know what to do with this Holy Spirit doctrine or this Holy Spirit talk. And then maybe some of you on the other side, you, were, you grew up anti, we don't talk about that kind of stuff, anti-emotions, anti. And so we come here together and, and I'm asking Lord right now, wherever anybody's coming from, whatever background they're coming from, you begin to heal these damaged emotions, these wounds, what the enemy meant for evil, turn it back for good. Yes, sir. All, the, all the PTSD from the, the church spiritual abuse, yes, from, from those who are reluctant, Lord, maybe just come here today fully surrendered, hearing your word, what you have to say about yourself. So we're going to open up the word today, and I promise you it's all good. Amen. It's not, the word's not going to abuse you. We're not going to take advantage of you. We're not going to make you feel guilt or shame and keep you there. The, the word's going to set us free. So with that, since we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I thought I did, might do a little exercise. And just a, just a little warning here, okay? Uh, this is just an exercise, so don't, don't start throwing rocks. Don't keep your tomatoes <laughs> there. But I'm going to challenge you to do something that's going to sound a little bit unorthodox. But I, but I want to I challenge you with it. Okay, this is open up to, to, the, to the children in here, to the adults, to, to everybody in here. Here's a challenge. I want you to, sh to show me, here's the, I call it the Jesus challenge. Okay? Name one thing that Jesus did that wasn't duplicated by another person or couldn't be duplicated by another person. Okay? Three, two, one, the floor is yours. Um, yes. He died on a cross. Okay, so, and I get I get what you're saying. So the, the answer is he died on a cross. But there was actually a person to his left and his right that also died on a cross. And it was actually a, a the, the most inhumane type of crucifixion. They would crucify people all the time. And in fact, in the Philippines, every April, every April in the Philippines, this is crazy, people get crucified. It's, it's this sect of Roman Catholicism where they believe they need to get crucified over and over so every, every year they get up there, they actually get nailed to a cross. They don't die, but they get taken down, they're bandaged, they're wounded, and then they do it, they wait for again next year. Okay, so, uh, again, yes, in the, in the back. Making blind people see, so we're, we're talking about doing miracles, right? Mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you look in the scriptures, we are supposed to do those things. Amen. Make blind people see. That's right. um, Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, it even says we will raise the dead. I mean, I've never done that, but Jesus said we're going to do that, so it must be able to be done. Sometimes when Paul will be walking around, someone just, Paul and Peter, I just wave of a handkerchief and someone is healed. Yeah. Right? So, so the word of God says that we will cast out demons, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, heal the sick. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Okay, uh, anybody else? What did Jesus do that wasn't duplicated? Yes? He never made a mistake. Saying he never made a mistake. Amen. Right. And then I'm thinking about the words from Jesus to his disciples like, be perfect as, as I am perfect, right? So what, what's that all about? Um, 
But I get it. Because I, I mean, I only make mistakes I mean, every, every day. But I don't know about you, but yes, I see it. Being perfect, right? But Jesus calls us to be perfect. So he's calling us to do something that's, that's doable. And anybody else? Yes. He's the fulfillment of the law. Yes. So, so along the same lines of, hey, I want you to obey, it, it sounds like it could be done. And now, so we're going to have a lot of examples, right? But name something in his earthly ministry that he did that, that wasn't being able to be, yes. So. Resurrected and ascended to yes. heaven to sit yes. the, on the right hand of his father. And that is awesome. Resurrected from the dead, right? And then ascended into heaven without... Without so, any machines yeah, or helicopters without any, without or any strings or, yeah, or you know, rockets. There was a guy in the New Testament that resurrected from the dead, Lazarus. And I know a lot of you know this story. And there's there's two people in the Old Testament who had actually ascended into heaven and they, they actually never died. Okay, so so these these things have been done. Um, yes, T turning water into wine, and then and then okay, and then yours. Oh, yes, sent, sent the Holy Spirit, right? Yes, and that's, that's from the divine side of Jesus. I'm going to do this, right. Okay, uh, what else? He fed 5,000 people, like, 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 so, so that category is called power over nature. I'm thinking of verse Matthew 21, 21, where Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could tell a mountain to do what? Move. To move. Anybody ever done that before? Well, Jesus says we could do it. So if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can tell that mountain to go jump in the ocean, and it's going to throw itself in the ocean. We could move invisible mountains. So, so power, if we take them literally, Jesus tells trees to stop bearing fruit. Jesus tells trees to jump in the ocean. Jesus, and he says we're going to be able to do the same thing. In fact, I'll, I'll end with this. Uh, in, in, in Luke, in chapter in Luke 14, Jesus says that we're going to do uh, miracles greater than he has done. So, and I was thinking about this. Okay, what is this? He's talking about technology because in the past four months I've flown to four different countries. Jesus never did that. Maybe, maybe that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever he's talking about, we're gonna, we've seen track records that, that whatever Jesus did on earth, it was done by another person. And then he says we're going to do greater things than him. How is that possible? Any, any other closing examples that you want? That you, that you have in your mind? Yes. You know, if you Google people who have been swallowed by whales and spit up before, it's been done. They come out like bleached. I read a story about <laughs> one who was swallowed by a whale and then he was spit up. That's a great example. Now here, before, before anybody starts throwing stones at me like, ah, Jesus is awesome. Jesus is awesome. But everything he's done on earth in his earthly ministry has been done by other people. And he says we're going to do greater things than him. Now, now here's the point. 
here's the point. Romans 8, 11. This is the point, okay? Romans 8, 11 says this. The same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead Amen. lives in you. Right? That's what it says. If the same Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through the Spirit who lives in you. Here's the point. The same exact Spirit, Holy Spirit that lives, that lived and empowered Jesus in His life on earth is the same exact Spirit that lives in you and me. Yeah. We don't have less of the Holy Spirit than Jesus did. We don't have more of the Holy Spirit. It's the same exact Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead. He lives in you and in me. So we can do anything that Jesus did because all Jesus did was submit to the Spirit every day. Amen. What do you call a child who only does what his, what his dad says? Obedient. Obedient. That's mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I don't say anything. I don't do anything. I don't think anything. That's not in line with what the Father says. Jesus is a completely obedient person, a child. He's a completely obedient son. Furthermore, I've done this for years, where I've sort of put Jesus on a pedestal. I'm not knocking King Jesus, right? But here's what I've done. I've put him on a pedestal where I say, he's Jesus, he's perfect, he's God, so I could never be like him, so I stop being like him. When the reality is, Jesus says, no, 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 I, I wasn't tapping into other magical powers, I was tapping into the spirit within me, which I have given that spirit to you, so that the spirit can do whatever he wants through you, as long as you die to yourself and submit, and sort of get out of the driver's seat, and step into the back seat, and say, Jesus, I'm going to go wherever you want to take me. That is the key to the spiritual life. It's not trying harder, it's not white knuckling, oh, i got to try harder, I messed up again, it's oh my gosh, God, uh, I'm getting in the way again. I submit myself to you. Spirit, what do you want to do today? Okay. Okay, so please do that for me. What do you want to say today, Spirit? Okay, then you can use my mouth. Spirit, how much do you want to give today? Well, I don't want to give that much. So Holy Spirit, well, how much do you want to give? Okay, you can do that through me and start to just move my hands. Yes, it's all about getting out of the way. Yes. So, Jesus he, I, I take him off the pedestal now and say, now I can relate. Is, is anybody in here who feels like they can't relate to Jesus because he's so perfect and it's, it's just that like, kind of life is untainable? Well, if I'm raising my hand. If you're like me, I felt like there's no way. I can't do this. This is not possible. But I'm here to say that the Word of God says it is possible. And let me tell you something that I've learned recently about a radical shift in my prayer life. I don't ask God for help anymore. Amen. I don't ask Him for help. I say, thank God that you've given me the Spirit. So, so all the promises of God are yes and amen. amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. It's a great song. All your promises are yes and amen. So in that sense, I don't ask God for help. I thank Him. I thank Him that He's given me the Spirit. I say, thank you, Lord, that you've given me the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and it dwells in me and it's bringing life to my mortal body. Thank you. I guess I can do this today. Amen. And I've been discouraged so much, especially uh, just re recently in the past 
two years, ever since March 2020. I believe in my heart that there's reasons to be discouraged. I felt, I've been, I felt so let down by how uh, society has reacted and how, how people have treated uh, the pandemic and how certain people have dealt with things. And I've become angry and bitter and totally discouraged. Just, just if, if I can be just completely yeah. honest here. And my eyes, have, I took my eyes off of the Father and onto the little things here. What we're going to learn today is that I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. My struggle is not with people and, and governments and systems. And my struggle is not against that. It's against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. I mean, if, if our eyes could be opened right now to the spiritual world, you would see about maybe, I don't know, 10,000 angels sitting here and filling up all these pews. Right? You would also see uh, fallen angels yeah. trying to whisper things into your ear. Trying to whisper things like, why would they make this color carpet like that? Like all these distractions that the enemy, that the enemy has for us. Have you ever read C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters? It's a very wonderful perspective on what C.S. Lewis, who wrote Lying the Witch in the Wardrobe, believes what demons do all day. Mm -hmm. And they whisper into our ears and say, can you believe Can you believe that? Can you look at that person? And I used to have this gift, right? I had this spiritual gift where I could walk into a room and have something to say about every single person. <laughs> it's a spiritual gift, but it's from the wrong spirit. <laughs> I also have this other spiritual gift. It's called anger. Anybody, anybody identify with, with just raging? Right? Uh, anger and rage is just a charismatic worship service of the wrong God. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a worship service where I give myself fully over to this other spirit when God calls me to give in to the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and then I can have a charismatic worship service of the, the true spirit. Mm -hmm. And charismatic, it comes from the Greek word just to be full of grace anyways. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that became a bad word in some sort of circle that I was running in. <laughs> we want to be charismatic. We want to be full of grace. Charis means grace. So charismatic is to have grace in your life. That's, if I want to be known as anything, I want to be known as someone who's full of grace. Amen. But I beat myself up because I'm not full of grace sometimes. And so I go back and forth like, God, I'm not, I feel discouraged. And God's like, I, I, I got this. My spirit is in you to revive you. And what I'm calling you to do now is have your life marked by three things. Confession and repentance in the midst of people. I'm not having called you to do this alone. No man is an island. I've called you. No woman is an island. I've called you to do a life in Christ-centered community. And I majored in systematic theology in seminary. So my mind thinks systematically. And I've always been, I've always been in love with like systems like Three ways to get rich, or five love languages, and all these things where I, just, I, put it, I want to put it in the system and think it's easy. Yeah. Like if you want to be free, you just uh, confess your sins, confession and repentance, and then it'll be perfect. But it's not, that's not what a spiritual life is. It's messy. Anybody been alive for more than 10 years? Can you, can you, can you vouch for how messy life can get? If everybody confessed their sins, sort of like an AA meeting, right? Ha, ha, ha. Like, yeah. I've been a part of several recovery groups. 
<clears throat> and you, when you walk in, especially uh, Celebrate Recovery is sort of like a Christian version of AA, created by Rick Warren and Saddleback Church, and they have these, these uh, uh, CR groups all over the world. And whoever touches the mic starts off with, hi, my name is Ryan, and I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with anger and bitterness and addiction to, you, you name it, everybody who does that. They're fostering a culture of transparency and vulnerability, where the spirit can work if mm -hmm. we just admit where we're at. Yes, amen. So that's the spiritual life. The, the, the Holy Spirit-filled life is a life of constant submission. It's constantly confessing one to another so that we can be healed, James, Hallelujah. the book of James says. Repentance, that means turning away from sin in the midst of gospel-centered community. Everybody can do this. Kids can confess your parents, I did this. That's called a confession. That is free. Parents can say this, I confess I have not treated my children right. I confess. That's the most, one of the most powerful things a parent can do is to role model that confession. One of the most powerful things kids can do is confess. One of the most powerful things is for people to admit where they're at and then that confession is sort of contagious. People start to see it and they go, you know what? That person is free. I want, I want some of that. I would love that. So, so Romans 8.11 says that, that we are in possession of the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, now let's keep going. Another passage I have for us is Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the only place in the entire Bible that commands believers to be filled with the Spirit. But all we need is one command. Mm -hmm. All we need is one. So, what does this mean? Now, I'm going to ask for a moment of, of um, vulnerability. Does anybody know what it's like to be drunk in here? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for your honesty. What does it look like when someone's drunk? What do they start doing? Sobriety. Start, they start going like this, right? They start going, the sobriety test someone on the side of the road, they like, like, and then they're out of, they're out of control. Whatever you fill yourself with starts to influence your behavior. If you're full of wine, it starts to influence the way, the way I walk and the way I talk. If you drink, and you drive, which is totally illegal and dangerous, you can get pulled over and busted for driving a DUI. What does that stand for? Driving while intoxicated. Or driving under the influence. DUI. Whatever I fill myself with starts to control or influence me. I'm going to give you two examples in the scriptures. In Luke 4, 28, you don't have to turn that, I'll, I'll read it to you. In Luke 4, 28, Jesus preaches his very first sermon. It's the greatest sermon that anybody's ever heard, and it's met with the greatest rejection that anybody's ever seen. They tried to kill him. Can you imagine someone preaching an amazing sermon like Jesus, and they go, a great sermon. Wait a minute, he's talking about us. Let's kill him. And so they tried to kill him. They tried to grab him, and they tried to throw him off the cliff. But, but Jesus, it wasn't his time, so I don't know what he did. Maybe he's just like just moving like this and he's walking <laughs> the crowd. But it says here, Luke 4.28, that they were filled with wrath. It's this Greek word, play, 
filled their soul. And when something fills your soul, it works its way out into your body. That's the word psychosomatic. So you feel your psyche, your soul, your psyche is your soul. If you fill it with something, it moves out into your soma. Soma is your body. So if you're stressed out and you fill your soul full of stress, it actually works its way out into a little canker sore or a little upset stomach or your headache. See, your headache is not just a physical thing. That's a spiritual issue. Uh, physical illnesses are spiritual issues when you trace it back to the roots. And cancer. Cancer. All sorts of things. It all goes back to sin. Mm -hmm. In the Garden of Eden, when, when man fell, it, it's all tied. So, another example of filth. These guys in, in Acts chapter 13, verse 45... The following Sabbath, almost the whole town assembled to hear the word of the Lord. Verse 45, but when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what Paul was saying, insulting him. I always talk about the, the, the show The Chosen. You see The Chosen? Yeah. See the guys, the, the Pharisees on the side, they're so jealous of Jesus. But when they're filled with jealousy, the jealousy starts to take over their minds mm -hmm. and it starts to control them. Whatever you're filled with will, will influence you to take over. Now, I'm going to need one, one, just one brave volunteer. Just to, just to come up here. Just for a second. Just for a second. Oh, okay, okay, perfect. Okay, Ms. Olga, can you stand right here? Right here, okay. And face the crowd here. Do we look anything the same? Me and <laughs> would, you, would you mix us up if you saw us on the street? Like, hey, Ryan, I'm sorry, that's old. No. Would you do that? You have to get a Russian accent. Yeah, I have to get a Russian accent. I have to grow about six inches. I have to lose my hair. We don't look anything the same. But when we're filled with the Spirit, we yes. look identical. Yes. Right? Like Olga's Spirit is love, joy, and peace. When she walks into a room and she starts to share that, when she's worshiping God with reckless abandon, it's the same Spirit that I have, and then we can look exactly the same. On the other hand, if we're filled with an unholy spirit, our anger is going to look identical. It's like, going to look identical. Like snakes. Yes. And I'm, I'm a breaker. When I get angry, when I choose to be angry, I start, I want to break things up. No? What kind of anger? anger I'm going to throw you over my shoulder. You're going to throw me over my shoulder? <laughs> yeah. So it's a violence. Thank you. You can give Everywhere I go in the world, Anger looks the same. I can see it from across. I can sniff it. If someone's arrogant, it's the same, no matter what country I'm in. It doesn't matter. Right. I get, I get, oh, that, that guy's jealous. You know, yesterday we were at, at Lidl shopping, and this one lady jumped in front of the line. Like, this, there, a new line opened, right? And she ran this other line, and these other German guys are like, whoa. But I could feel her, this, this I'm more important than you type of spirit. Mm. I felt it in her, but it's the same one that's in me when I do that. Mm -hmm. Or when you're driving. So, or when I'm driving or whatever. But you know, when, when I'm filled with that, when I'm having a charismatic worship service of the wrong God, I will look just like other people here. And that's why God calls us to a life of confession. Okay, this is what I've done. And then you know what starts to happen? When you start confessing and saying exactly what you've done to other people, they start to do this. I like that person because I can relate. I can relate. 
But if I fake it, if I think and I go like, you know, I never struggle with anything, then all of a sudden, inadvertently, you start to do this. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't relate to that guy. Like when preachers get up here and they say how perfect their families are, and, and I just go like, I can't relate to that. It's kind of discouraging to me. <laughs> I can't relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I can relate to is having a great day on Sunday, and by the time we get into the parking lot, I'm, I'm actually yelling at, at kids. Right? And then I have to go back to the Spirit and say, like, Lord, I'm not going to try harder. I'm going to die to myself. So how do you want to express yourself today, right now, through me? And that's what it is. This is a life of confession and repentance in the midst of community. It's messy. It's not clean cut. It's not perfect. We need to get rid of this like social media type of facades. And it's fake. It's all fake. All right. It's all made up. It's, it's like, look how good I am. And I'm guilty of this too. I'm sitting down on a good meal, like I want to take a picture of it and send it to everybody. <laughs> I eat good, I got a lot of money, I got all this, and it's all fake. And at the other end, there's the people that post everything about them, so it's like, well, this is just a little too much, right? But it's all this, it's, it's just fakeness. But God wants us to admit exactly where we're at. So we talked about the filling of the Spirit, right? The, the whatever fills you. Now, we are just like this cup. We have nothing to offer anybody unless God fills us with himself. Amen. I have nothing to offer God. Don't be offended by this, but you have nothing to offer God either. Unless he fills you with himself. And we live in a world where everybody's dying of thirst. They're dying for something. But what they're really dying for is God. Amen. I forgot who said this, but he said when, when, when a man is knocking on the door of a brothel, he's really looking for God. Mm-hmm. Well, when someone opens up, when someone's scrolling through their phone, looking at things they shouldn't be looking at, they're really searching for God. Mm-hmm. When someone's doing drugs, they're really searching for God, not some high. Amen. God-shaped hole in the heart that we're trying to fill, that I'm trying to fill, these eye statements, that I'm trying to fill with everything else that's not God. And if, if I say the sentence, I need, and that sentence doesn't end in the word G-O-D, then it's just idolatry. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I don't need anything for my family. I don't need anything for my neighbor. I don't need anything for my boss. I don't need anything for society. Nobody owes me anything. I'm free to love. I'm free to love. So, our, our, our second passage for today, Ephesians 5.18, I can sum it up like this. Um, there, there's five ministries of the Holy Spirit. There's one for, no, there's more than five, but I'm going to mention five today. Now, I'm going to show you another slide here. I call this the ribs. Now, if you, know, if you haven't eaten lunch yet, now you're really hungry. Ha, ha, ha. You know what I love about the ribs? The ribs is awesome because there are four ministries of the Holy Spirit that teach us who we are. Now, there's these, these words, regeneration, indwelling, baptizing, and sealing. Each, one, each and every one of these verses is a sermon, is a dissertation in and of itself. But I'm just going to sum it up by saying that these ribs are four permanent ministries of the Holy Spirit. Two of these are when, when Paul communicates it, when he writes it down, he writes it in the aorist tense. Like, why, do you, why do you need to tell me that? Because aorist tense in the Greek says that it's a completed action. It's mm. done. It's forever. Have you seen the movie Sandlot? It's 
forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> we never need to pray again. Lord, would you give me a, a little bit more of that regeneration? God's like, it's done. Once you've been regenerated by the Spirit, it's done. Once you've been indwelt by the Spirit, it's done. Once you've been baptized in the Spirit, that's to be identified with the Spirit, it's done. Once you've been sealed with the Spirit, it's done. In the ancient world, they had, when they rolled up a scroll, they would put some hot wax on it, and then the, a ring, they'd get a signet ring, the king would smash it into that, into that wax, and it meant whatever the king said is, is, is decreed, permanent. In, in uh, Titus 3, 5, look at this verse here. But when the kindness of our God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness, that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This is done. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians 16, it says this, don't you yourselves know that God's, that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. The word therefore lives in you is the Greek word oi, oikos. It means he's made his house in you. So guess what? You don't go to church. You are the church. That's mm -hmm. what so my, my, my daughter just tells sometimes. She goes, she goes oh, we're, uh, yeah, we're not the church. We, no, no. We're not going to church. We are the church. We're going to a building. Guess what? Okay? You want to get technical. We are the church. Okay, that has a ceiling. Don't read the Holy Spirit of God from which you were sealed until when? Until the day of redemption. That's a long time, my friend, right? Amen. Brother Jason? From now until the day of redemption, I'm sealed. I never need to worry about, am I not saved anymore? No, because the rib tells me I've been regenerated, built, baptized, sealed. That should make me walk in confidence. The enemy will tell you you've lost your salvation. How dare you do that thing that nobody else knows about you're probably not saved. See, that's the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy is like, I haven't earned my way into, into heaven. I need to earn my way in. And God's like, uh, you know what grace is? It's unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. If you earned it, I've just given it to you. It's a free gift. Okay, now, my favorite ministry of the Holy, Holy Spirit is the filling ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to wrap up with this. And I'm going to do it using... Uh, this is my kids love this illustration. Because we get to bust out the Hershey's. <laughs> is this allowed in the chapel? Are we allowed to have Hershey's serve in the chapel? Okay. Not on, the, not on the carpet. Yes, not on the carpet. Okay. <laughs> but we have communion in here. So let me, let me, let me illustrate. Do not get drunk on wine. This the boss will be filled with the spirit. If we are this empty cup, Got nothing to offer God. And one day God walks by us and goes, oh, that person's dead. Let me give them life. That's what happened. People didn't choose God. How can dead, what can dead people do? They can't choose anything. You're dead. So this is how it has to happen. This is how, this is how salvation has to happen. God walks by, oh, that person's dead. Let's revive them. Let's revive them. Yeah. Blow life into you, and then you come alive. Hallelujah. Does anybody disagree like you? You think we're going to get to heaven and say, God, aren't you glad I chose you? He's going to say, sorry, you were dead. And I brought you to life. And he fills us with himself. 
Is this almond milk or regular? Is it almond milk? Best. I love it. This is the Holy Spirit here. Okay? Now watch this. This is the this is the, the key to this, this illustration here. This is the best part, right? This is the best part. It's it's milk, right? It's just it's just it's just white. Yeah. Let's get a little bit of regeneration. Let's get a little bit of indwelling of the Spirit. Amen. Let's get a little bit of baptism in the Spirit. Amen. My kids are like, more, more, more. <laughs> and then how about some sealing of the Spirit? Okay, I'll give you anybody a million dollars if you can get that chocolate out of there. You can't. It's permanent. <laughs> of course, for some reason. Okay? But it still kind of looks like milk, right? Here's the filling ministry of the Holy Spirit. It up. What happens to the milk? Mm-hmm. It starts changing colors. When I'm filled with the Spirit, you can see it. Mr. Harvey's at the very, very back. Can you see how that changed? Yes, sir. You can see it from a mile away. Yes, sir. It changed. When the Word talks about uh, the filling of the Spirit, right? It's the, the tense of that verb for be filled with the Spirit. And I get on there to do this. It's a second person present passive indicative. Why do we need to know that? It's second person because it's talking about it's talking about me. It's talking about believers. Passive means it's happening to me. Passive means it's happening to me. So I'm not doing this. It's it's being done to me. That's a passive verb. Indicative means it's a command. So I'm commanded to let it happen to me. Stirred up. Okay? If how, how do we get filled with the spirit though? How do, how do we do that? Well, one of my favorite preachers ever, Tony Evans. Anybody ever heard Pastor Tony Evans preach? He goes, keep reading. The next verse says, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making music in your heart, giving thanks, and, and submitting to one another. So he goes, that's the means by which we're filled with the Spirit. We tried this last night. We've had a tradition in the Brain family household for a long time where we, the kids will sit, will lay in bed, and we'll start playing songs. Start playing songs. And, and at, at times, the Holy Spirit has come and filled the room. He's filled the room, and then we've, we've uh, he may even actually come to tears. Amen. Something, there's something radical about singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. If you want to be a spirit-filled Christian, look at what that verse says. Sing, make music in your heart, give thanks, and submit to one another. So a spirit-filled Christian is an SGS Christian. Sings, makes music, gives thanks, and submits. SGS Christian. Be an SGS Christian. Okay, I think one of my kids is going to drink this later on. Let's try that. That's a good talking about there. In closing, we are called to be spirit-filled Christians. We're called to be SGS Christians. And you might say, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if that really works. That's not my life. Like, what does it look like to be filled with the Spirit? Well, if you keep reading, the word, the word is so awesome. If you just keep reading, it explains everything. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's what spirit-filled living looks like. What does a spirit-filled wife look like? Well, keep reading. Look at verse 22. Wives... 
Submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the, the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. But here before that, it says submit to one another. So it's kind of like both ways. Right? What does it look like for husbands? We'll keep reading. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. That's what a spiritual husband looks like. What does it look like when a child is spirit-filled? Tell me! <laughs> Chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This all comes out of the spirit-filled passage. What does it look like? Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What does a spirit-filled worker look like? Keep reading. 6.5. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling. In the sincerity of your heart, as you would Christ. Work as if you work for Christ. That's what a spirit-filled worker looks like. What does the spirit-filled life look like in spiritual warfare? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers, against evil forces in heavenly places. See, the Bible is so practical. Let me pray for us as we go about our day, as we go about our lives. Lord, I pray over all uh, the brothers and sisters in here today. Many of these buddies felt discouraged. May they realize that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us and is bringing life to our mortal bodies. Lord, every day we choose to keep be being filled as that verb is said by the Holy Spirit singing songs and spiritual songs stirring up and when needed Lord confessing our sins one to another confession repentance and communion 